Content warnings for claustrophobia, snakes, and Bambi's mom. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome to Table It, a micro RPG podcast. My name is Tim, your host and editor. Table is an excuse to get my friends to play and review micro RPGs with. Uh, in this episode, we'll be playing Broken Swords and Twisted Trials by Brandon Leon Gambetta. Um, you can find it in the Ultimate Micro RPG book, edited by, of course, James D'Amato. We've had a couple of these in a row. You guys are familiar with this book by now. Um, you can find the writer um, at B. Leon Gambetta on Twitter or on his website, um, BrandonLeonGambetta.com. Um, so, I am Tim, your dungeon master this time. Um, and in Broken Tales and Twisting Swords, a game of marching bravely into the dungeon and maybe crawling out. Uh, you will be playing heroes of a kingdom preparing to battle against the monsters who threaten your home. Play consists of a brief character creation section, which we've done already, um, segment followed by three encounters in which your heroes will face challenges to save their home. So let's start with introducing our heroes. Um, uh, go ahead and uh, introduce both yourself and your character. I am Cassandra Snow, they, them. I will be playing Cuts, also they, them. Thank you. Oh, um, so there's other things on the the character that you have. Are we come doing up with. backstory? Let's do backstory. Okay. It says to introduce the the characters in a few sentences. Great. Uh, so take two. <laughs> I am Cassandra. They them. I will be playing Cuts. Also they them. Cuts is someone who does not have a lot of life experience but thinks that they do and they picked the name cuts to make people afraid of them so that essentially they just wouldn't be talked to at all uh they come with cuddly the wicked knife and are rumored to be telepathic excellent all righty i'm matt he him pronouns i'm going to be playing dodozan roof runner uh also he him pronouns uh, Dodozan is an extremely short in- individual who is known, he's called Roof Runner because he's actually won the last couple of rooftop competitions uh, in, in town. I don't think that we've ever actually settled the name of the town. Oh, uh, Here Between. Here Between? Mm-hmm. I like that. So, yeah. Okay. A couple of <laughs> roof running competitions. Nice. Uh, did you, your traits? Uh, Dodozan is. Uh, Dodozan is very, very proud of his speedy boots that he wears mm. and uh, slightly less proud or rather, how do I, how do I put this? Less loud about his sticky fingers. <laughs> All right. I'm Manny Elliott. I use they, them pronouns and I'm going to be playing fan berry, berry cloth and, um, uh, uh, he is the chosen one blessed by chaos magic. Fian, you see, um, there is a prophecy that says only the uh, one of, only someone of the, the Viscount Stavish's blood will be able to defeat him. So the, the vampire lord killed off all of his descendants except he forgot about the descendants of uh, when he was in bat form <laughs> and slept with a very lovely female bat. And I am the last uh, descendant of that uh, strong and noble bat 
lineage. So, yes, I am a three-foot-tall fruit bat who can speak and is gifted with chaos magic. Oh, no. So, so when I said, like, you know, normal D&D levels of shenanigans, not mm-hmm. too silly, you, 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 we're, we got Bat Boy. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Bat uh, person. Oh, right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I was thinking of the celebrity of which uh, yeah. Bat Boy's, you know, that that's a, uh, that's that's their uncle, mm. Bat Boy, mm. Bat Boy, and Bat Person. All right, <laughs> thank thank you, Manny, for Finn. I'm a Bat huge them. fan. Bat them. <laughs> um, I'm, uh, uh, Manny also mentioned our evil villain, uh, the Viscount Stavish. He is a uh, romantic vampire. He's working on a dark ritual um, to. Uh, bring his dead wife back to life. And we'll get more of that as we go through the story, I hope. Um, so we are going to uh, describe the situations and threats. Um, and your job is to drive forward, tell stories, and win or die gracefully. Um, as a perpetual foe, I am really hoping that you die gracefully. So uh, to start <laughs> off with is... Um, a bit of a dangerous journey on your way to your first dungeon. Um, I believe as heroes, you know why you're on this mission. Um, and it is hopefully to stop the Viscount from getting um, his magical artifacts together. He's um, on his last few, right? He only has three left. Okay, so right now we're on a race against the clock. We gotta so let's get this. Um, if you guys can beat him to the punch and acquire these artifacts before he gets them, then he will be able to um, resurrect his wife, potentially ending the world for everyone but them. The first place that you need to go is a um, cave. It is a, a geometric, natural um, pattern, um, a place that he and his wife used to hike to. Um, and you, uh, you believe there's an artifact of theirs hidden there on your way to this, um, a dangerous Rocky outcropping there. Uh, you, you are walking on a, uh, ashy dry Creek bed. Um, and, um, between here, between the town, uh, well here between is the general land around this area. Um, the actual town you're staying in is probably called, called something like, here between's end or something like that. Oh yeah. So between dungeons, the player travel and each one says what wonders they see on the road. So, um, I mentioned the, 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 the path you're walking to this uh, mountain is a dry, ashy Creek bed. Um, so why don't each of you give me a wonder you see along this very strange path you're walking? I see a giant Oak tree that has what is clearly a spot just big enough to hide a human body in. God, that's what you lead with? Hell yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I was going to go close to that, so now I have to go se- somewhere separate. Uh, a little ways past the oak tree. Uh, you said it's a dry creek, dry, ashy creek bed, right? That's correct. Uh, there's a spot that used to be a waterfall, um, and it's actually called the Giant's Throne because of the way the water carved the rock. It looks like a large thrown to sit in as it had a two-step waterfall with with uh bits of rock jutting up and out in that uh I like middle it. I step like it. 
Um, I can give an extra detail of uh, things that would jut out. Like this would probably be basalt. This area is very heavy with basalt. Uh, if you're familiar with what basalt looks like, it's got very cool hexagonal um, shapes. So, uh, yeah. There is a southern salamander that is huge, and it has a name like Hellraiser or Hellcat. Do you know what I'm talking about? Gila Monster. I'm sure. Hellbender? Hellbender is pretty cool. Is that what it's called? I mean, I'm just seeing a lot of stuff named Giant Salamander. Yes. Okay. So it is a hellbender. Um, it is a... So for those of you not from uh, the Appalachian region of the U.S., a hellbender is a massive salamander. They're about three foot long. Yeah. Um, and they are... Um, they're just salamanders, but they're really big, and they're usually pretty nice. But... Uh, there is one that is easily 10 times that uh, curled up on the uh, throne. And it is because it's a dried out riverbed. It's like uh, th- flecking skin uh, and dry um, skin looks like it uh, has been there for a while and is like devoid of moisture. Oh. Very sick. Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah. All right. A couple so- of sheds gone wrong. Yeah. <laughs> So after walking down this weird path and seeing a creepy tree, a huge uh, natural throne, and a probably dying critter, uh, you come across this um, cliff face. And halfway up this cliff face is a um, halfway up this cliff face is a large like cave that you can see. Um, and in this cave is like uh, you know. 500 years ago was a a good comfortable camping spot um however to get up there requires some rock climbing back then it didn't there was you can see remnants of uh, wooden stairs that have since rotted away and other sorts of debris the um the way into this difficult to climb through pathway is a chimney Uh, i don't know how you're how how familiar y'all are with rock climbing but a chimney is a structure where, like a chimney, you have to climb it by using outward pressure to prevent yourself from sliding down. So mm. um, the three of you put your backs to the wall, your feet on the wall, and slowly start working your way up to the point where you can start moving along the rest of the path. So this is dungeon one. So it's got a challenge rating of four, and I've given it the, the, uh, the non-game mechanic tags of chimney and geometric. So um, the way that challenge rating works is that each player will have um, threatening situations you'll have to deal with. You in, you'll take turns clockwise from the GM um, describing how you deal with the threat and whether they are acting heroically, like a brave hero in a story, or desperately just trying to scrape by alive. Um, by default, your traits are unscarred, representing gear abilities that are working well in good repair. And as they become scarred, you will... Uh, Flip the card and write something damaged and destructed on the other side. So, um, cuts. You're going first. Yeah. Um, you you can act heroically at this point. I don't think you don't have any scarred traits. I don't. So you can't at this point yet act unheroically. Right. So how are you heroically moving we forward? We could. We just wouldn't get any additions for <laughs> it. That's true. I guess you yeah. You use your trait and you add a plus. Yes. From the from the from the. Uh, just from the description, it's your choice 
of if you're rolling heroically or desperately. Yeah. And you get the number of traits you have, either scarred or unscarred, yeah. based on which one you're picking. Yeah. But so you, if you want that plus two that you would currently oh, yeah. have, you have to roll for heroically. Well, and I believe that cuts wants other people to think that they are very brave, so they are going to act what they are calling heroically <laughs> and what I would call recklessly and attempt to prob- probably try to, like, I can picture it so perfectly in the cartoon in my brain, um, but <laughs> is trying to climb up the chimney, but is, like, kind of jumping from, like, rock to rock that they can yeah. stand on. Are you um, doing that Prince of Persia thing where you're, like, ben- bouncing back and forth? Yeah, the that's chimney. what I'm trying to do, Triangle only jumping, stupidly. Yeah. I dig it. By okay. which I mean heroically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, roll 2d6 and then add 2 from your your traits. That is an 8. Uh, okay. Um, so for a 7 through 9, you succeed um, at a cost. Uh, and describe their success, but there the GM will complement it. Compli- sorry, complicated. Um, I mean, so- no, it's a really good success. That's awesome. <laughs> good, good job. Congratulations. Congratulations. Great. Now it's Matt's turn. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, that's just the thing. You still have to scar a trait. I, yeah. Yeah. So I'm giving one check to the the challenge rating because you succeeded, um, and then uh, yeah. So describe how you acted heroically and scar a trait. Trait. Or, um, yeah, that's it. So, in acting heroically, I am using Cuddly, who is the Wicked Knife, to um, sort of cut pieces of rope that people climbing up after me will also be able to hold up to. So, I'm jumping (laughs) and climbing and cutting at the same time, and miraculously, I get to the top with no problem. Excellent. So you, you get to the top, you have a now scarred wicked knife. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think the appropriate is, is chipped blade. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so on the back of the wicked knife card, write chipped wicked knife. Great. Now, this might make it more wicked because now you've got um, horrible... Uh, like tetanus saw, like. <laughs> saw, sawing action yeah but also if you're trying to cut things smoothly then yeah mm, cuts nope. doesn't need to cut smooth ah okay so I we spell ha- cuts with a K <laughs> and, and a Z and a Z <laughs> alright uh, around the table to uh, Dodozan alright Dodozan is very much experienced with this kind of thing this is a chimney climb the narrower alleys have this it's quite literally find the spot where his stubby little arms will kind of reach the edges, but he's not worried as much about he can't exert the pressure because he's got sticky fingers. So he's mm-hmm. literally just going the Spider-Man route and just Toby Maguiring his way up the wall. Excellent. Two to six plus two. That comes out to an eight. <laughs> an eight. Okay. Another another check in the uh, challenge rating success, but um, you are complicating it. How would you like to complicate it if you have an idea? And what um, challenge rating are you scarring? So sorry, what what uh, trait are you scarring? I'm scarring the sticky fingers. Sticky fingers. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to do that without writing like broken digits. Um, 
Hi, small fry. Everyone's favorite podcast. Come here. Don't, don't let Biddy <laughs> hear me say that. You can't control the sticky. Well, I couldn't control it to begin with. <laughs> um, well, so like sticky fingers generally refers to the fact that you are stealing things. Yep. Um, but you're going up walls. You don't want them broken necessarily, but I don't know how much rock climbing you've done. I've done a bit more recently, which is why this is so rock climbing focused. Um, <laughs> the, as you rock climb for a while, the skin on your hands gets rubbed off. Um, so that's what I was thinking. Not off entirely, but thinner. So like you, you've got thinned. I I don't hand, know if we want to go for thin skin. I think we're going for up. calloused hands or cal- like switching from sticky fingers to calloused palms. At this point, um, well, 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 callousing takes a minute. This right? is also the interesting thing is we're getting descriptive about it. Yeah, mechanically, it doesn't matter what I write on no, here. It's one scarred not. and one is unscarred. But that, that's the whole point. Yep. That's, all, that's why we're here. I like the idea of going for, like, calloused palms. Sure. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yep. Calloused. But that being said, Dodozan has made it about two-thirds of the way up. Okay. Come awesome. up here. Here's another question before you start. Uh-huh. Um, I could give you guys new obstacles per roll. It, doesn't, it just says, like, the GM describes what the first dangerous journey is. Um... The hero tells the players about a threatening situation that the heroes have to deal with. Um, it says if the um, no hero can roll twice in a row, and all heroes must act before a hero can act again. If the current threat is dealt with fully before the challenge rating hits zero, the DM may describe additional threats within the same location. So okay. I think I so. think that's what I'm doing now. Um, this uh, large, you you climb up the chimney. You're now in this sort of cave, um, and in this cave is a. Um, oh God! Do I do I go claustrophobic or do I go violent? Cuts votes for violence. Vi- violence. <laughs> I'm uh, looking at the person who has to roll next is the one who should make the make the call. Uh, dealer's choice. I trust you. I'm vibing claustrophobic. So. Um, hi, small fray. Uh, the only way into this area now, because uh, in the past, people would have walked up the stairs into the cave and just set up camp. Here, you guys had to scramble up a chimney, and you're, and part of the cave has collapsed, and you have to squeeze through a narrow hole at the bottom to be able to make it into the other side. Okay. You do have pieces of rope that I've dangled, if that helps you in any way. Yes. Okay. Um, here's a question. Can I roll first and then based off of that roll, describe how yes, I ab- did? Absolutely. Okay. I believe that's technically what happens. Okay. So I'm going to roll. So I, I rolled a 10 plus. You're rolling heroically? Yes. Rowing, ro- ah. Rolling heroically, I wrote a six and a four, which is a ten. Uh huh. And then plus, plus two, two, which is twelve. Excellent. So you bravely look at this small claustrophobic hole, and you lay on your back, and then you squeeze through it, and with um, a couple gasps from your allies, you wiggle your way into the chamber, and once you're in there, you can see a couple of handy little spots to tear down the wall um, with bits of like metal levers that are back here. 
Um, Dope. And you make a hole big enough for the other pair to easily, um, not easily, it's a cave, um, <laughs> more easily climb into the next chamber. Um, there is a single more, uh, one, one more challenge before the end. Um, the obstacle in front of you cuts is a large automaton. It is um, metal. It is covered in ancient ruins, and it's glowing a sickly reddish-purple color. And when it sees you, its eyes light up. The ruins around its neck light up, and then they run down in parallel paths towards its hands, it pounds its fists together and comes running at you like an MMA fighter going to do a Superman punch. I try to somersault over it so it misses me. Are you acting heroically or are you acting desperately? I am attempting to act heroically. Excellent. So roll 2d6 plus 1. <laughs> uh, that's a 5. Total five total. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> so, um, on a six minus, the threat pushes forward. Uh, the GM will scar a trait or give them an injury. GM's choice, and the challenge rating doesn't drop. Um, so, injuries are one of your. Um, so I can scar by either flipping one of yours over, or I can give you an injury by um, having you draw a skull on your nameplate. And I'm going to do that one. The skull? I'm giving you a little skull. Here is great news. I don't know how to draw, so it doesn't count. Um, <laughs> I, I literally just have a tally sheet ready to go that's, this, that's labeled injuries for this. This is, this is the quick skull that I always draw. That'll do too. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Just as long as you know that you've taken one. <laughs> is, this, is this a little guy? It's so for the listeners, guy. it is a smiley face, but instead of a smile, there's just a horizontal line <laughs> where the mouth is. Because when you die, expression <laughs> disappears. Yeah, that, That's not what I learned from the Batman the Animated Series. Um, yeah, the, the, They are the, saying this guy that looks, that's different from science now, though. <laughs> this guy looks like he is a five on the pain scale. <laughs> I was about to say that. <laughs> um, my pain scale is completely broken. I had a seven pound or a seven centimeter gallstone and thought I was just nauseous sometimes. Oof. The. Yeah. Did you know that? Okay, so th this is completely unrelated. But they f they accidentally found a roller coaster that has a high rating to release gallstones. Like if you if you're if if you got if you are not not uh, the other one the, the the kidney stones. That is wild. Yeah. yeah. So there's a kidney stone. I think it's Space Mountain. I might have to look this up. But there's a roller coaster that has like a sixty percent like increase in like kidney stone release for people that ride it 
Like, there's just huh. enough shenanigans that it helps push him out. The doctor discovered it when he had one. He was like, man, I, I got to pass this thing eventually. And then he goes on this fucking roller coaster, and it goes. And he's like, that was weird. And then he was like, I'm going to test this out. He got a bunch of people to ride this roller coaster. Oh, my God. And a bunch of them were like, well, that got rid of a kidney stone real easily. Just, like, came out no sweat. So that's nuts. So if you ha- so go- look that up if you got a kidney stone. So what you're telling me yes. is that a Absolutely. bunch of people rode – Space Mountain and just pissed everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, like to pass it has to get far enough out, yeah. and then you piss it out. Oh, okay. So yeah, it, it wasn't causing people to pee on the ride. It, it's just what I thought. No, was going no, just on. Like riding Space Mountain, just pissing. Yeah, that sounds like so. Because the happiest I, place on Earth. <laughs> the happiest. The happiest place. place. Welcome but, uh, to my magical realm. Okay, we got to stop. Uh, <laughs> cut all of that for the patreon (laughs) yeah save for the patreon all right matt um up next is dodozan so i just watched this giant automaton and cuts was like we got this ran up went to be really cool and then just got body slammed right back down into the ground there's a jackie chan movie where someone jumps over jackie chan and he kicks him in the legs and they do a horrible cart cartwheel and land right on their back i think that's what happened you went over him he went under you and you got dunked I did. So that's that's what happened to poor Cuts. Um, what is Dodasan doing? So Cuts has a lot of rope. They I were do. quite literally cutting pieces of it off. But I can see that little bit that's not. Uh, I can see that little bit that's still the full length. So Dodasan is just going to quite literally pull. An Empire Strikes Back roll, run right under it, <laughs> grab the rope, and start running circles. I love it. Are you acting? So that, 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 is that heroically? acting heroically here? Two d six plus at this point one. one. And yeah, that's a ten. Excellent. Woo-hoo. Nice. All right. So that is dungeon four taken or dungeon one taken care of. You um, slide under the legs for one final uh, wrap around the legs, and you give it a pull. The, the automaton looks around at you, gives the sort of like blank expression and then as it tips forward it it hits the floor with a big boom and collapses into empty armor um you move through the 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 chamber and the there are a number of like half built structures um some that look kind of like uh rock cabins of sorts with no roofs and one of them on the edge of the cliff, there is a figure standing in it. He is tall. He has a pointed collar that swoops up on either side of his neck. Um, he turns to look at you and you recognize in his eyes that sickly purple red color. He smiles at you, lifts up a object in his hand that's also glowing and there's steam coming out of it. Um, It looks like a little music box, but with this uncomfortable glow. This is very clearly to y'all by Count Stavish. Hi, daddy. Um, his His brow furrows and then he leaps off the cliff disappearing from view, leaving 
the three of you one step behind him. Abandoning his children again. Well, what do you expect? What do you mean? I don't know. He just doesn't seem that nice. Yeah. I'm going to kill that guy. Happy Father's Day, everybody. <laughs> oh, we are recording this on Father's Day. Um, all oh, right. Boy. So that is the end of Dungeon 1. Um, you all get to draw a... Uh, oh, it says the last hero to roll describes how the party escapes the dungeon. I don't think it's an escape so much. I think it's much more a, well, fuck, what now? And we all do we all do some digging around, see if there's any anything we can grab. We don't we don't take too long, but it's kind of a trudge back to town as we're all sort of like, well, there's there's more artifacts. Where? Hmm. Where well, do we go next? You know where the next one is. Oh, never mind. It's a it's a it's a defeated trudge on the way out, taking our time to make sure we're out safely, and then instead of going back to town, it's a beeline to yeah. the direction we're going. On the way out, I turn to the automaton and say, "I'll be back for you." <laughs> uh, I think I uh, Finn like uh, turns to you all and goes. Uh, Hey guys, hop on my back. Uh, and I jump out and use my chaos magic to turn into a giant bat so we can ride back to town on my back. Or to the next. Uh, or to yeah. wherever it is that we're going. Or at least the ground. I don't know if you can it, sail yeah. all the way there. Uh, okay, so, so if it's chaos, do you have control over what it does? No. <laughs> You're not. So do you actually an, turn I into have, a giant bat? Well, I think I have an idea. Um, and I, my intent was to jump out with you guys on my back, hoping that something would happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, important mechanical thing. Y'all need to draw another trait. Did you do yep. that already? We did not. Because you should all have... I'm going to take one. I'm going to mix them up, take one, and pass it down. I'm just taking the one off the top because Tim didn't touch those. I'm going to take the one <laughs> off the bottom. Because I did touch those. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> um, you did, but you hadn't. It, they got shuffled again after you touched them. Thematically, do we want to go over what traits you all have picked up? Or do you want to like bring them up as we go? I think mine fits very well with what I just described. So it was my plan to jump out and like get bigger wings or turn into a bird or float or something. Um, I think what happens is with you all on my back, we just plummet straight down and I do a full on like Goku punch to the earth. Uh, and when I stand up, I'm just like a jacked fruit bat having <laughs> gained super strength. Hell yeah. And inexplicably as cuddly, the wicked knife became chipped. It released a magic map, oh. which I am going to say means that I can find my way through bizarre spaces as long as I've never been to them before. Oh, it's like the opposite. I like that. I'll bring it. up mine when it shows up. All right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I wrote, I, I'll be honest, I wrote this one hoping that it didn't go to me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, so um, on your walk to the next place, um, the uh, the pathway you have to walk through is through a rainforest. 
um, the the fire that had uh, dried up that creek that you were walking down earlier um, uh, stopped at a certain point, and eventually you found you find yourselves crossing over that line. Um, the rainforest on the other side is thick. You have to use um, machetes or whatever bladed objects you have on you to cut through. So one cool thing you all see on your way to the next dungeon. Anyone can go first. Um, it's not specific, It's not rotating around. So the you lot. said it's rainforest. Rainforest cafe. One of the great. It's not um, one of the one of the bits that we're going through as we get there is actually a bamboo thicket. It's, cool. It's one of those weird bits. Like we're like, okay, it's trees, it's vines, it's lush undergrowth, and we're all trying to like make sure our footing is good and then we look up and all of a sudden it's just these tall green shoots like to the point that they're thick enough that we actually have to like wedge ourselves through yeah and one would think like you you envision like those super narrow hallways that you have to go sideways through it's like that but you can turn at any point no matter what you're doing you, there is a way through and a way out but it's like okay what how do I get through here okay that hooked there so I'm looking 30 degrees to my right and we kind of lose each other in the Ooh. thicket. That's very Studio Ghibli. Mm-hmm. I like it. Also very Studio Ghibli. We see an animal we thought was extinct, which is the... I forgot what it's called. I think it's just called the enormous sloth or the giant sloth. Oh, the giant sloth. Yeah. yeah. I love a giant sloth. They're like six feet tall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there is... Like once we get out of the bamboo thicket and back into the rainforest proper, there is a section of the rainforest where it is in fact raining, but it is raining up instead of raining down. Cool. I love that. Mm-hmm. You'd have to walk around with your hand below your nose so you don't drown. Yeah. There was all kinds of rain. <laughs> we had straight down rain. We had sideways rain. We even had rain that come up from the ground. <laughs> well, who said that? <laughs> Was it the giant sloth? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, that's Sid? The, it is Sid, in is a forest. Giant I'm pretty sl- certain its name is Gump. Mm, yeah, giant mm. sloth voice by Tom Hanks. Thanks for showing by. All right, so uh, you guys arrive at the second dungeon, the location of the watch. So, the watch. The watch. That there's there's a small watch. Okay, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. what I was about. To, I was trying. To it's not. It's not like. It's not like a pocket watch, or is it like the night's watch? It's not like the night watch. No. Uh, so this is where you believe that the vampire has lost his watch, um, <laughs> while he and his wife were at this location. This location is strange. You've never seen anything like it before. Uh, it is a maze of pathways surrounded by overgrowth and um the uh you can't simply cut through the overgrowth because there are metal um rods and cages of sorts cutting in between um these areas sometimes there's huge sudden dips of impossibly steep terrain and um, there's all sort, all kinds of animals from all over the world, uh, in, either dead or way too well handling the new environment. Snakes and all sorts of horrible critters. 
Oh no, Manny's least favorite. It's fine. It's fine. All right. So, this is a challenge rating five. Um, and on your way navigating through this maze, you come across something. Um, you said no snakes. Yeah, snakes are fine. It's okay. Fine. All right. All right. Um, I think the first thing that you come across is a um, a creature that is a. This is the hungriest looking lion you've ever seen. Anyone mind if I take this one? Go ahead. Yeah, fine. Go ahead. All righty. Uh, Dodozan kind of creeps up, looking at this thing that's just slobbering, looking at him like, "Okay, you're a, you're Levensy's size. Let's do this." Dodozan pulls up his echoing harp that he that uh, that he picked up. It just starts strumming it and going, go to sleep, go to sleep, <laughs> go to sleep, angry lion. I assume you're acting heroically? Yes. Or desperately? I was, I was aiming for heroically. Okay. Uh, and I got a 14. Holy Dang. shit. Okay, yeah, that's a, that's a get. Hell yeah. Um, so yeah, you, um, you circle around the lion slowly playing a calming tune. The lion's eyes flicker, um, and his stance seems wobbly, and he lays down in the hot sun and has himself a nap, and the three of you manage to easily sneak past. All right. I think that was it. Be very, very quiet. It's wabbit season. Duck season. Cuts does not respond at all because being quiet is no problem for them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the the next challenge, um, I think, might just be navigating. I'm going to use the magic map and okay. see. So I act heroically. I say, oh, I have this magic map. I've never been here before. This should help guide us through. So are you acting heroically? Yes. Excellent. I am heroically navigating. Eight. Eight total? Did you add two? Yes. Okay. Okay. So that is, that is a success. You have a, an additional tick on our challenge. Um, but you will uh, scar a trait. Okay. Uh, which trait would you like to scar? Your, um, your telepathicness or your map? Let's say the map. Okay. Um... Uh, yeah, I think in in this uh, path through the um, through through this through this maze, you navigate, you use the map, it tells you where to go. Um, but at some point, you have to crawl through this like um, mess mesh of chains and of uh, wires to get through this next uh, thicket. And on as you're scrambling through, the map catches on it and is torn in half. So you have half Fuck. of a map. Okay. Luckily, it was the half that you needed to keep going. <laughs> yeah. But the map is less useful now. Yeah. I can navigate us halfway through the next dungeon, assuming I've never been there. So yeah, uh, I think the scarred version is half a map. Half magic map. I haven't really used my telepathy yet, so I got to think about that for next challenge. Yeah. Um... So, uh, you are arriving at the, uh, f the end of this area, and I think the, 
there is a um I, I I'm just on heights today. I'm just thinking about, <laughs> about tall things and caving. I'm just I'm on that tick. So um I think the um the the the, the myth of where this um watch was was at the top of this structure. Um it there, there's basically this incredibly tall metal scaffolding reaching into the sky higher than basically anything you've ever seen a person build. Um, at the top of it is a small structure um, clinging to it by um, a wire. Um, the structure is about uh, 10 feet by 20 feet, give or take, and the watch is allegedly on top of there. Cool. All right, I got this, guys, and I crack my knuckles and I punch the scaffolding to get it to drop. I love that. Is that <laughs> acting heroically? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, with my super string. It's an 8, 9, 10, 11. Okay, that is 10 plus. You succeed decisive, decisively. Uh, you punch this rusting metal on it in its base, and uh, you look over at the other four struts, and one of them is, like, almost rusted clean through. The Another one is, like... Um, bending and the, the one that you punched crinkles and shakes the whole structure and the the three of you quickly dodge to the side as this tips screaming metal um, and it hits the ground a huge cacophony of sounds birds flying in every direction um and you make your way to the top of this collapsed structure. And I crack my knuckles and I go, structure? I don't even know her. And I waddle up. Oh, my God. <laughs> to, I'm moving out. <laughs> to the watch. I'm going to go home and pack my shit. You open up the um, this like weird bulbous structure on, that was on the top. Um, prying open the door um, and inside you're greeted with something surprising. Okay, that, that was that three successes so that far? That was three, three out of five. Alright. Um, I think there is a creature inside this uh, this thing. What, what critter would live in something so high and also be dangerous enough but I think some kind of venomous snake. That's gotta be it. Imagine it like one of those like peanut cans when you open it and it just like so many snakes coming out of this, yeah, just hundreds just like of snakes, just Indiana snakes. Jones style. And it, yeah, just so oh yeah, the, god, uh, snakes. The, Why did it have to be snakes? Um, yeah, so there are so many snakes in this thing. Now you two have both acted, both um, we've Finn all and reacted. Cuts. Oh, you acted first. Yep. Mm-hmm. So okay, all right. So Dodo's on Finn and Cuts can have all gone. Um, so any of the three of you can go again to handle these snakes, so many snakes. I can't go twice. You though. can't go twice. So yeah. You know what? Or I'm going to take this one again. Okay. And I'm going to stick with the harp. And it's like, hey, guys, you remember that story about the dude with the rats and the pipe? Well, what about snakes and harps? And I start like trying to like dance a little bit of a jig and like just strum randomly. Like, come on, follow me, follow me, follow me. All right, you are pulling the snakes away. Are you acting yep. heroically or desperately? Attempting to act heroically here. Okay. That is an 11. Holy shit. 
killing there is it. Some, there is something about this table. Y'all roll so good. <laughs> Except we, for Cassandra. <laughs> <laughs> this is me in every game. I I prep, I come ready, and then my dice are like, doesn't matter, you get it too. <laughs> I usually roll trash, but I think it helps me in this game because I can rarely roll <laughs> over a 10. <laughs> I roll really, really well on camera. Let me rephrase. I roll really, really well on microphone. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, the folks who know me from home games know exactly how my rolls usually go. <laughs> okay. So the snakes um, are charmed. You uh, play your little magic harp. Was it magic harp? It's an echoing harp. An echoing harp. And you back away from the from this uh, metal structure, and the snakes follow you. Um, before long, you are far enough away with enough snakes led out of the structure that um, the the two, the two left, Finn and um, Cuts, are easily able to climb in. Great. And inside, you see a small rotting leather bag. Um, on it, however, is a pretty chunky clasp that is rusted and fused together. All right, time for some more super strength. I'm going to grab it, and I'm just going to squeeze the lock. All right. That's an 11, 12, 13, 14. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> All Amazing. right. Easy peasy. You snap the lock. It's not even a lock. It's just a clasp that melted together. And you crush it in your hands, rip it off of the bag. The, uh, the, 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 the bag opens up, and inside is this glowing purple-red watch. Mm, purple-red. You don't find that very often in the... Isn't what that weird rock robot thing was? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So apparently this guy likes red and purple. Yeah, that's what color his eyes wear, too. Yeah. Hmm. We're learning. You pocket it? Yeah. I thought his eyes were blue and green. Can you, Is your character colorblind or just you today? Both. <laughs> <laughs> and how... So you rolled last, so you get to describe how you escape this um, dungeon. I think um, I think as uh, I take the stone, we hear the sound of like um, skittering over like the metal structure into where we are. And I call out and I say, um, hey, Dodozan, bring the snakes back this way as uh, Viscount uh, is like scuttering over and we're running out and I'm trying to get you to overwhelm him with serpent as we run through the maze. Excellent. Um, so I think you, serpents in tow, the Viscount chasing you eventually from the air. Oh shit. So the question here and I think this is a question for the table. Uh-huh. The soundtrack to this moment. Is this the epic horns of a of a torchlit du- cave chase scene? Oh, I think so, yeah. Or is it the Benny Hill music? <laughs> I like the epic, I think. I, yeah. I, th- I think this is um 
What? One second. I'll just quick edit this out. I can't remember what the name of the song. Can I is. tell you what's in my head though? Is cuts and uh, Finn running, um, like dodging under like rainforest, like fallen logs and moss and things like that, with like the vampire like flying behind us, like uh, Winifred Sanderson in <laughs> Hocus Pocus, and then just like a roiling mass of like serpents with you standing on top <laughs> playing a harp, being like. Yeah, um, I think one of the so deliverance music is what you're envisioning. Maybe I don't I, know. I, 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 was, I was picturing uh, "Lay All Your Love on Me" by ABBA, mm-hmm. uh, one of the quintessential castle chase music songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a little bit gothic, a, in a running beat. <laughs> so, what was the name of that song? "Lay All Your Love on Me" by ABBA. We don't have the rights to this. <laughs> no, I know we don't. We can play five point nine seconds. <laughs> oh no, I'm not going to be click. I'm not going to be playing anything. I want to listen to this after we're done. Oh. Got it. Uh, it. It's good. It's good shit. All right. So, um, the the next dungeon that you have to get to is, um, uh, Stavish, uh Viscount Stavish's old manor. He doesn't currently live there. Um, a fire burned it down. Um, not to the ground, but enough that made it unhabitable. The last artifact is in there, and if you can acquire that, you can prevent him from doing his world ending. Um, all right, we, we got to do some wrapping up. Um, does anyone have any plugs? Uh, listen to Lesser Evil. Kiss Sandra and I are on there, and uh, we're about to wrap our first season. Um, the next couple weeks. I don't know when this will come out, but uh, and then we're gonna start recording a season two soon. So listen to us, <laughs> yay! I want to say to support the table at Patreon. Yeah, at Patreon.com/slash/tableit. I also want to say that I have written a couple of books, most known for Queering the Tarot, most recently Lessons from the Empress. Pretty soon um, I will be working on one called Tarot in Other Words that is an essay anthology. So once that's ready for pre-order, which may be by the time this episode's out, um, follow or... What am I trying to say? Oh, buy my books. Buy my books. Buy my books, learn tarot, have a great time. Nice. Uh, Matt, you got anything? Uh, no, not yet. Be right. gay, do crimes. Time. Wait, what? Be gay, do crimes. <laughs> <laughs> We're recording this during Pride Month. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, you're I'm all gay, gay now. Crimes. I'm just going to go off that first one and say only if you actually are. Yes. Well, but no. straight anyone, up do crimes. Nope. Anyone can commit crimes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is the official Be yourself, tape. do crimes. There yourself we go. Yourself, do crimes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening. You can find us at micro underscore RPGs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Or you can email us at microRPGs at gmail.com. We also have a Discord. You should please join that. Uh, you can also join our Patreon if you want to support us financially. Or you can rate or review us uh, wherever you listen to podcasts to support us non-financially. Ty- and most importantly, tell a friend about us. Uh, our theme is Chill Vibra Jazz by Danny Dory. And we'll see you all next time.